0: Turn your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 33. Ezekiel chapter 33. Again the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts Set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet, and warn the people. Then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, he took not warning, his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. You'll notice the banner says blow the trumpet warn the people forever O Lord thy word is settled in heaven. Not only is that the theme of the Bible conference this week but it is also a theme that every one of us could well take seriously. There are three very Precious and yet brief truths I'd like to lay on our hearts concerning this passage of Scripture. Number one, the watchman. Every one of us has been set as a watchman on the walls of this city or our era or area of influence. And you'll notice at the far end of this banner there's a wall. And there are men standing on that wall watching. They represent you and me. We're to be watchmen in a world that is careless and quickly going to hell. We need to keep our eyes on what's going on in this world. I'm not sure that preaching ought to be just news reports out of the newspaper. But a lot of people never read the newspaper. They do not really know what's going on in our world. Are we aware that there's a trouble spot in the Near East? And we've said we're about to go to war with Iraq. And over in the Orient, North Korea is rattling their sabers. And they've gone back into building nuclear warfare. And there's a crisis there. Right now, there are over a hundred wars going on. And here in America, we lull ourselves to sleep with all the country music and all the jazz and all the dancing and all the revelry. And we allow groups like the ACLU to raise their serpent-like head and hiss At believers. I realize that nobody is above the law. But the law is etched on the walls of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. If you've never been there, go and see it. And God spoke all these words. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Honor thy father and thy mother. Thou shalt not kill. And on and on. And because a judge down in Georgia has put that in the state house, the ACLU, funded by our tax money, brings a suit against the judge and says, Any visage that refers to G-O-D, God, as Jehovah, has to be removed. That's the kind of world we live in. We need to be watchmen. We need not lull ourselves to sleep and think, well, that's all right because we're a pluralistic society now. We have all kinds of religions in this nation. But I want to warn you, the Buddhists did not found America. Nor did the Islam group. nor did the secularists or the humanists. We were founded by God-seekers who could no longer tolerate the potency and the, the uh, privileged class of the upper group in the old country who put down Christians, and they could no longer tolerate that. They came to America to found a nation where we could worship God according to the dictates of our heart. They came to create freedom to worship, not freedom from worship. Now, we've had our people, our young men and young women, go out to war to defend America. And America's always said, if you don't want to believe in God, you don't have to. If you want to believe in Buddha, you can. If you want to believe in the Hindu position, you can. But remember that God was the author of this nation. Written in the Magna Carta. It is the plan of the people who came to America that we might propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is written in the Declaration of Independence, our Creator. You go to Washington today and you look at all the memorials. All those memorials mention God. The next thing the ACLU might do is tear all those memorials down. We can't have the name of God in America. We need to be a watchman. We need to realize what's going on. And then we need to be a watchman concerning the careless moral problems that we deal with here. I was interested in what Richard Oy said the other night concerning Japan. I think he said this publicly. He also said it privately to some of us. He said in Japan there is no moral value. Buddhism didn't have it. Hinduism doesn't have it. And so as the kids grow up. They think that the biological urge for sex is normal, so there's no problem with premarital sex. There's no problem with any kind of uh, moral or immoral behavior because they have no guidebook. But I want to say unto you, America has had a guidebook. We've had this book all the years of our nation. Every president that has been sworn into office has had his hand on a bible promising to uphold this nation and the constitution so you and i need to be watchmen remember our roots a few years ago there was a film or a movie written or put out about roots it was the roots of black people and i'm i'm grateful for many of the black people who have made great blessings to america who have done wonderful things for this nation. And we thank the Lord for the roots. But America itself, you and I need to remember our roots. We're rooted deeply in the Word of God. So we need to be watchmen concerning that. Now, not only does this verse in the Scripture in Ezekiel tell us that we're to be watchmen, but we're to be warners. W-A-R-N-E-R-S. We're to warn people. What are we to warn them of? Well, first of all, we're to warn them with the Word of God. Preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. And so we need to warn people about looseness and laxity in doctrine. We need to be laced to the Bible. The Bible is God's guidebook for all of us. And we need to warn people when they get a little bit off of it. When Dr. Moeller became president of the seminary in Louisville, there was a lady professor who was teaching there. She was trying to convince the kids, the students of the seminary, and And probably did convince many of them because we've had so much liberalism in our convention and among Baptist churches. But she was trying to convince them that everybody will be saved. Universalism, it's called. And she wrote a book indicating that. And Dr. Mulder uh, kindly asked her to retract her statement because it wasn't biblical. Or to resign or be fired. With great indignity, she said, I'm not going to resign, I'm not going to retract. So Dr. Moeller fired her. It raised a lot of row among Baptists everywhere, especially the CBF group. She didn't leave the campus. She got a bunch of liberal students to go and have a vigil outside the president's office dr moeller in his kindness he's a kind man if you know him in his kindness he saw it was lunchtime and they needed something to eat so he sent and got some pizza for them. and he opened the door they delivered the pizza he took it out there to give to the people he said now we ought to pray before we eat and this woman professor stood up and said i'm going to pray and she got up and prayed Dear God, thank you for this food that this evil man has brought who wants to destroy our seminary. Now that's what we're dealing with. That's what we have dealt with. And for years and years, our church has sent messengers to the convention and thank God that that liberalism was turned around and our seminary was turned around. But we still need to be warned that we're not free from the problem of liberalism in interpreting the scripture. The word of God stands. The word of God stands. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for Jesus, for refuge to Jesus have fled. Amen. The firm foundation of the word of God. We need to warn people. And then secondly, we need to warn people about staying close to the heart of God. You know, one of the great dangers that Christians face is we do things out of habit. It's Sunday, so I'll go to church. It's Sunday night, I don't usually go to church, so I won't go to church. It's Wednesday night, I don't usually go on Wednesday night, so I won't go. Or it's Wednesday night, and I usually go to church and I'll go. And we do things out of rote habit. Oh, my friend, you and I must have our heart in it. We must be warned. Of this terrible malady that would eat away at our spiritual life and lay our honor in the dust. When we do things just out of rote habit, it doesn't make much difference which way things go. They can go this way or that way. So what? But when we believe something with all of our heart, and our heart is in it, we will recognize the counterfeit from the real. Amen. I understand that in the banks, when they want to teach the tellers how to discover the counterfeit, they don't have long conferences on how to know about the counterfeit or handle all the counterfeit money. <clears throat> they handle all the real money. Amen. And if you go to the bank, you see them just it out like that. I don't know how I can even count that fast. But they come to something that doesn't feel right They look at it. Oh, that's counterfeit. They recognize it because they've compared it to the real. When you and I have a real hold on faith and on the word of God and on the convictions of the Bible and what is right and what is wrong, we'll be able to recognize what's wrong. We'll know it. We'll have spiritual discernment to recognize it immediately. So we need to warn ourselves about that. Then last of all, We need to warn people there's an eternity. In this passage in Mark that Brother Brian read a while ago, listen to it. For whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What is the most valuable thing you have? I value this watch. Somebody gave it to me years ago, and I love it. I watch it. It's, it's valuable to me. I don't wear rings. Clothes are nice. How valuable are they to us? I, I heard about a man who had spent so much on his home. <clears throat> thousands of dollars. And a fire came. The fire destroyed the house. This man was a Christian. And one of his neighbors came and said, that's devastating. That's, a hor- that's the worst thing that could ever happen to a person. Well, he said it was serious. But he said, that wasn't my value. I, I don't value that house that highly. He said, my family got out. They're all right. That's what I value." What do we really place a high value on? The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The wages of sin, death. Eternal separation from God forever. And those within the sound of my voice this morning, remember, you're going to spend eternity somewhere. Life is real, and life is earnest and the grave is not its goal. Dust thou art to dust returneth Was not spoken of the soul. We're not just here for 60 or 70 or 50 years or 10 years or whatever. Some people live to be hundred, some over 100. But sooner or later, if the Lord doesn't come first, every one of us is going to die. And then what? There's a whole philosophy that says, well, we're just like a horse or a sow or a cat or a dog. They just put us out in the hole and that'll be the end of us. Maybe they put a stone over us and they'll remember and we'll remember some of the good things they used to do and some of the bad things they used to do. No, no, no. That isn't the end. Adolf Hitler thought like that. He thought, if I could just, at the end of the terrible war that he started and in his whole in berlin they tell us that he said good night to everybody and then went in and either shot himself or had somebody shooting and then they burned his body he thought that's the end i want to tell you hitler is on and on somewhere and if he didn't get saved in those last few minutes he's in hell you say how can you say that because that's what the bible says I believe the word of God. And I want to tell you, if you die without a personal faith in Jesus Christ, you're going to hell. There isn't a Buddha land or a Mohammed land or a Confucius land or an Islam land somewhere. There's either heaven or hell. And Jesus said to his disciples before his death on the cross, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place, a place, a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now wait a minute, you say, well, who would believe in heaven? Nobody's ever been there and come back. One person. The Lord Jesus Christ. He died on the cross. He was buried. They thought it was the end of him. Three days later, he was alive again. Demonstrating power over death and the grave and sin and hell. He is alive forevermore. Well, you say, how do you know that? Well, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we read about a lot of witnesses that saw him. Over 500 people saw him at one time. Many people saw him. And I want to tell you the main reason that we can believe in this His disciples were all scared to death. When he died on the cross, they all ran. They hid. Peter said, I go fishing. The others went with him. But something happened the third day. It was rumored around Jerusalem, Jesus is alive. And that word spread across the city. It spread across the disciples' ears. And they began to meet and they saw him in person. Amen. He came through closed and locked doors. Amen. He said to Thomas, reach in. There's my hand. Reach in my side and feel the print of the sword. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, because you have seen and believed, blessed are you. But more blessed are those who have not seen what will believe because of your word Amen. and so for 2,000 years God's people have been preaching all over the world Jesus is alive Amen. and thousands and thousands and thousands have come to know Christ while we're meeting here this morning in different time zones millions of people are meeting on the Lord's day Amen. saying oh worship the king all glorious above and gratefully saying his wonderful love he is alive Jesus is alive now if you choose not to believe that that's tragic but this book says what is a man uh, what 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 kind of profit does he have if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul how do you lose your soul you go to hell forever no chance to get out of hell ever Nobody ever preaches in hell. Nobody ever talks to a person about Jesus in hell. Nobody ever knocks on the door. Nobody ever sings a gospel song. Nobody ever invites people to come to Jesus. In hell, it's forever and forever over. And if you choose that, it's my responsibility to warn you. That's what I'm doing. And it's the responsibility of every one of us to warn others, don't go to hell. When Jesus died on the cross, He was dying there, the blood sprinkling down, forming a pool of blood at the foot of the cross that sinners plunged beneath that blood should lose all their guilty stains. And when he was dying there, it was as if he was saying, don't go to hell, don't go to hell. Years ago, there was a man out in California lived with his mother and daddy. He was a prophet, good guy, lived any old way he wanted to live, and his mother died said to his daddy one night I'm going out daddy said please son don't go you broke your mother's heart I ask you to stay home with me tonight I need you get out of the way daddy I'm going out don't care what you say and the daddy stretched his body across the door he said son if you go out you have to go over your daddy's body that roof that, that guy that didn't care anything about anything walked over his daddy's body and walked out to a life of debauchery. I want to tell you, that's what you're going to have to do today if you leave here without Jesus. You're going to walk over the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. He loved you so much that He died for you. He rose from the grave. He lives for you. And right now, He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for every saved person. So, blow the trumpet. Warn the people, I have set you a watchman. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You say, how do I know it? God said it. That settles it. We can add God said it, I I, I believe it, that settles it. Whether I believe it or not, that settles it. God said it. And you may say in your heart, that's just what you all think. No, that's what God says. Amen. And if you want to ignore what God says, I have to warn you. I have to warn you. I blow the trumpet. I warn you. There's a heaven to gain, and a terrible hell to shine. Amen. Don't go to hell. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God in all of its power, in all of its warning efficacy. We pray that the Spirit of God will move across this place and bring conviction to those who do not know the Lord. And Father, put upon the heart of every one of us the urgency to blow the trumpet, to sound the alarm, to warn the people to go wherever they are and love them to Jesus. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Let's stand, please. Let me add one more thought. Lest you think that God is some kind of a vengeance, God, He loves. And this book said that God knew all about hell. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Will you come to Jesus today? Some need to move their membership to this church and become part of the fellowship here. Some need to come and say, I've been saved, but I I haven't followed the Lord in baptism. I need to do that. There are others that need to say, you know, I've not understood it right. I'm beginning to understand a little bit. I need Christ as my Savior. Or others, maybe to say, I've not been the watchman I ought to be. I've not blown the trumpet like I should have. I want to start doing that more. While we sing, we step out for Christ.